Rich Samini, I'm going to do the old podcast trick of asking you, where are you right now? I am at the Jets facility right now in the press room in my tiny little cubby hole speaking to you here, which, which is where I've been stationed for the last few hours. So I'm covering Jets practice as they prepare for the NFL Hall of Fame game. They're about to play the Browns. They're going to kick off the NFL preseason tonight in that Hall of Fame game. But the biggest Jets storyline centers so far around a guy who won't be suiting up tonight. That, of course, is the quarterback, former three-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. What's it been like covering this team in this particular moment? Sometimes I feel like I'm not covering a team. I'm just covering a player, you know, because <laughs> every, everything revolves around Aaron Rodgers. It's a massive story. To me, he's the most interesting guy in the NFL this season. And really, it started before he was even a Jet. We've been covering this Rodgers rumor speculation since mid-January. Aaron Rodgers' future is the subject of much speculation. A trade is a very real scenario. If Aaron Rodgers could come to the Jets, you will see me, the happiest you have ever seen me. All the way through his darkness retreat and all the McAfee shows. When I came out of the darkness, something changed. I heard from multiple uh, people that I trust that they were interested in actually moving me. And finally, you know, the trade happening. Breaking news, Aaron Rodgers officially is being traded to the New York Jets. And it just came down moments ago. The press conference. This is a surreal day for me after spending 18 years in the same city. And here we are in training camp and he speaks to us about once a week and it's 15 or 20 minutes each time, and it's fascinating. Anybody been around the defensive line knows they're the funniest guys in the league, and the conversation they're having is one of the most ridiculous conversations I've ever heard. You hang on every word. He's a very interesting guy, no matter what he's talking about. The anticipation level is off the charts, even among players. I mean, they're almost giddy at times. It's almost like they're starstruck. The way he teaches, the way he interacts with them, the way he sits with them in the cafeteria, they just rave about everything he does. Yeah, the Jets are usually in the news for not being that interesting, maybe not being that good. They're interesting before they even play a game this season. Absolutely. I mean, Hard Knocks is, uh, thought they were so interesting that they basically twisted the Jets' arm to force them to do this. The Jets fought it all along. They met with NFL Films and told them clear as day, we don't want to do this. But you know what? They're trying to embrace it. And yeah, it, they are an interesting team. I mean, who wanted to see Washington or New Orleans or Chicago? Everyone wants to see the Jets. The New York Jets are in unfamiliar territory, and that's just the way they want it. After being the clear winners of the NFL offseason, the biggest spotlight in the league is now trained on their New Jersey headquarters. So today, Jets beat reporter Rich Cimini takes us behind the scenes at One Jets Drive to explain how a controversy brewing elsewhere has bonded Aaron Rodgers with his new teammates. What we will and won't see on Hard Knocks and whether this Jets team can do the one thing so many others have failed to do, cash in on the hype. I'm Israel Gutierrez. It's Thursday, August 3rd. This is ESPN Daily. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift 
just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Okay, Rich, so it's no surprise that when a star like Aaron Rodgers comes to a media market like New York City, things could get kind of spicy. And there's a lot to dig in on here, but let's start with what's been brewing just this past week. And it actually starts not in New York and not in New Jersey, but in Denver. Explain what happened there. Well, Sean Payton, the new Broncos coach, basically came out in a USA Today article, was talking about last year's Broncos, coached by Nathaniel Hackett, and he called it one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. In an interview with USA Today last week, Sean Payton called Nathaniel Hackett's 15-game run with the Broncos last season one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL and said there were, quote, 20 dirty hands around quarterback Russell Wilson's career-worst season. And so Nathaniel Hackett is now the Jets' offensive coordinator. He is basically a big brother to Aaron Rodgers. And that that kind of criticism is rare in this industry. Coaches usually don't rip other coaches, whether it's warranted or not. They usually keep it in-house. And so it was an extraordinary attack by Peyton. And Aaron Rodgers came to the defense of his beloved coach. Those comments were very surprising. For a coach to do that to another coach, it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Of course, Aaron Rodgers says that it becomes national news in about a nanosecond. And so he was defending his coach in it with a very direct and pointed comments. Well, I'm curious, Rich, because I don't know how many people knew about his relationship with Hackett. Were you surprised with how forceful he was with his words? I was not because I know how close they are. Hackett is the reason why Rodgers is in New York. He said that from the outset. He goes, I probably wouldn't have picked the Jets if it weren't for the presence of Nathaniel Hackett. Now, for those who don't know, they spent three years together in Green Bay. And in two of those years, Aaron won NFL MVP. They clicked. They just clicked. They have a personality that that just goes together. You know, they really like each other. Rodgers has used the L word when describing Nathaniel Hackett. He says, I love the guy. I mm-hmm. love his family. So they're extremely tight. And no, I was not surprised. Aaron, you could almost see his body language. It was almost like he had that comment prepared and was just re- waiting to be teed up on it. Okay, so a few days ago, Sean Payton did try to walk things back a little bit. I had one of those moments where I still had my Fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. And... uh It was a learning experience for me. 
It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter, and, and obviously I needed it a little bit more uh, restraint, and uh, I regret that. And he suggested he would apologize at some point to Hackett. Hackett said that hasn't happened yet. But putting aside judgment on Sean Payton's initial remarks, this whole incident highlights that fact that the Jets' new offensive coordinator really struggled to put a good offense on the field in Denver last season. So, Rich, how confident should Jets fans be in Nathaniel Hackett as the guy running this offense? It's a totally fair question because they were not a good offense last year. And quite honestly, they were they were a disaster. I mean, they were 4-11 and under Hackett before he got fired. He couldn't even make it through the entire year. Right. Russell Wilson, who is a very good quarterback, had the worst statistical year of his career. He looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there. And so it was not a well-coached team, and Nathaniel Hackett paid for that with his job. I think some Jet fans were surprised that the Jets hired him, but as soon as they put two and two together and thought, wait a minute, Hackett knows Rodgers. If they can turn this into Rodgers, it may not be such a bad hire. And that's exactly the way it went. Planned, perfectly executed by the Jets. But now Hackett's got to call the plays here. He's got to call the plays and run the offense and he's got kind of a mixed history. He's had some success with Jacksonville, but he's also had some rough goes too. So he is very much a, a coach on the spot this year. While he's still being criticized and maybe won't, fans won't be happy with him until they see the results, now that Aaron Rodgers has backed him up publicly, does it feel like sort of the rest of the Jets players have sort of bonded with this, sort of brought the team together a little bit? Absolutely. Great point. I think it's been a galvanizing thing for the Jets. Even uh, Hackett saying that guys on the defense who he doesn't really talk to that much have come up to him and offered words of support. Uh, The coaches like Robert Sala, the front office, you know, ownership, they've all rallied around Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, he said maybe that's the silver lining to come out of something like this. And I'll tell you, you can always look at that silver lining and man, this organization, these players, uh, the coaches, Sala, just the entire organization, Woody, I mean, Jaime, I mean, Gelfan, everybody has been unbelievable. I think that's something that is just awesome. It's brought our team together. I can't wait till week five, Jets at <laughs> Broncos. This is going to be a hot, hot story that week. Well, it feels like in this exchange, the Jets have already won. So that's a a rarity for New York already. But I do want to rewind a little bit and sort of retrace how we got here. It was a rocky 2022 season in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were on the outs. And early in the offseason, Rodgers emerged from his darkness retreat and went on the Pat McAfee show and publicly declared his intention to play for the New York Jets. I think since Friday... I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, And I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get. Now, you said earlier this was largely about reuniting with Hackett, but there has to be more to this than just that. So what else made Rodgers want to land in the Meadowlands? Well, he did a lot of research on the Jets. This was not just a, uh, oh, I'll follow Hackett to New York kind of Mm -hmm. thing. He put in a lot of time and research, much like Tom Brady did in 2020 when he picked Tampa Bay as a free agent. Uh, He looked at the roster and he saw a couple of rookies of the year and Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. He looked at the salary cap situation. He looked at the defense, which was ranked fourth last year and has some up, 
you know, really star-type players and C.J. Mosley and Quinton Williams and, of course, Sauce Gardner and D.J. Reed. So Aaron Rodgers did his homework. He played the Jets last year. He got his butt kicked by the Jets in Lambeau Field and saw firsthand how good the Jets could be. Now, they ended up only winning seven games last year because basically they had one of the worst quarterback situations in the <laughs> league. So it was a revolving door, and he felt that he could be the missing piece. And so that's why uh, he was all in on the Jets. He liked the coaching staff. He knows Robert Sala sort of through Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. Matt LaFleur and Robert Sala are best friends. <laughs> and so he seemed like he learned a lot about Sala through LaFleur and so it all added up to him, and he he sees himself as the missing piece. Okay, so it took a little bit, but he eventually got traded to New York, and the Jets started making some moves, bolstering their offense, and bringing in guys that Rodgers feels like he can trust, former teammates and such. Uh, this, in addition, you mentioned Garrett Wilson. There's also the running back, Brees Hall, a couple of promising young players they already had. Can you give us a little bit more of your read on how this offensive roster has come together and just how ready they might be to compete in 2023? Right, the, the so-called Rogers wish list. Remember that, you know, <laughs> right. Diana Rossini reported that. And Rogers sort of pushed back on that a little, but it was absolutely true because he had a list of guys that he wanted. And, and they got most of those guys, you know, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. Now, Odell Beckham was on that list and the Jets came very close to getting him, but he opted to sign with Baltimore. But um, so, yeah, Aaron is putting together his, it's like the gang's all together again here. And, you know, right now, he, you know, they have other guys like Billy Turner, a lineman from Green Bay who's on the team. So there's a few other minor characters from Green Bay as well. It's to make him comfortable. You know, hmm. if you're going to spend that much on a Hall of Fame quarterback and bring him in for a couple of years, why not make him as comfortable as possible? So they went out and got his guys. This is a really good skill group. The offensive line has some questions. So that's kind of... That could be the fly in the ointment right there. When you look at his career numbers, you do all these analytics. He is a much better passer when protected. When he is under pressure, his numbers last year were way down. Yeah, that would be quite the fly in the ointment if the offensive line does not perform well uh, for Aaron Rodgers. But the big question around Rodgers pretty much at this stage is, does he still have it, right? Last season, he had the worst passer rating of his career. And passing yards, TDs, interceptions, those were also some of the worst of his career. So how's he looked so far in training camp? He's looked really good. I mean, he he's he's looked sharp. I mean, it's not a high bar with the Jets. Let's face it, guy. You know, so, so we haven't <laughs> seen like expert quarterbacking in these parts for quite some time. So not a high bar, but just uh, the presence alone, you can see him the way he throws the ball. He puts the ball in some windows that Zach Wilson couldn't dream about putting the mm. ball into. So it just his mere presence has, has elevated everyone's play. He can do things before the play is snapped, uh, calling out defenses. I mean, defensive linemen have told me that it's like they know, Aaron knows what we're doing, basically he can see their footwork, the mm. way their knuckles are aligned on the grass. Rodgers can pick up those little tells and tell his linemen what to look out for. So it's just the experience of having an 18-year quarterback sharing that knowledge with the rest of the players. And he still throws the ball well. I've seen him yeah. standing flat-footed, throwing the ball 50 yards on a line. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with his arm. I, I don't think that will be any problem whatsoever. Well, we mentioned sort of the team being galvanized around the Nathaniel Hackett situation, but 
before that, when Aaron Rodgers was first arriving, there was always a lot of question marks about him as a person, his personality. How would he vibe with this new team? What has been the atmosphere in the locker room since his arrival? Yeah, there were a lot of questions about that because he had the reputation of being a diva. Let's be mm-hmm. let's be quite honest. In the last couple of years in Green Bay, he wasn't even showing up for the voluntary workouts. I think that was partly out of spite. I think he was trying to prove a point to management in Green Bay. Here, he's been all in. He did not miss a single voluntary workout. He's done everything. He stayed in the offseason. He was a man about town. We saw him at the Tony Awards, Broadway <laughs> shows, Madison Square Garden. He was grooving at a Taylor Swift concert. He's doing everything to really win the hearts of the fans, which he has done. And in the facility, the players say, I thought one thing was really interesting, a good anecdote. Some players said, you know, Mm -hmm. each day he sits at a different table in the cafeteria. He makes it a point to sit with the different position groups because he really wants to know everyone on the team. So just in terms of chemistry building, I thought that was a really interesting little anecdote. Well, yeah, that's interesting. And a lot of the discussion around Rodgers the last couple of years was about his relationship with his coach, Matt LaFleur. And before he got here, you could argue that Robert Sala was the most notable name in that locker room. And even though he's more of a defensive minded coach, I'm curious what that relationship has been like early on. Yeah, uh, you know, a really good relationship. And so I think Robert Sala you know, he is a defensive-minded coach. Uh, I think he's going to let – Nathaniel Hackett has complete control of the offense. You know, Robert, he has autonomy to do what he wants. And essentially, doing what he wants means doing what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. This is Rodgers' offense. He has so much input into the different concepts, how they'll run it, the game plans. It's going to be a very much a Rodgers-run offense. And I think Robert Sala is smart enough to be like, okay, those two guys, Hackett and Rodgers, they've done it before together in Green Bay, and they got an MVP and a playoff appearance. I'm going to let them do their thing and just sit back and coach the team. After the break, what the Jets didn't want HBO cameras to see and what Aaron Rodgers' newly announced contract means for this season and beyond. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos. And you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. 
And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Well, soon we're going to get a a little bit of a deeper look inside that locker room because next week we'll see the debut of this season's Hard Knocks, which is HBO's long-running behind-the-scenes documentary series focusing on a different NFL training camp each season. And this season, it's the Jets. And as I understand it, this is an unwelcome situation for the team. You mentioned it briefly, but what can you tell us about how they got selected for Hard Knocks in the first place? Well, the league uses, there's a different criterion they use. And the Jets were one of, I think, three or four teams that fell into the category where they qualified. You can't have a rookie head coach. There's like a playoff appearance gap that you have to have. So the Jets fell into it with New Orleans, with Washington, with Chicago. And look, NFL Films, HBO, they're not stupid. They know the Jets would be like a massive appeal to the to a national audience. Robert Sala came out and said in June, a lot of teams would be really happy with Hard Knocks. We are not one of them. We don't want it. And they fought tooth and nail to try to resist this. But finally, the league, which has the final say, said, you got to do it. So they're doing it. And I think it may be a little different than what you're used to. I think one of the things the Jets object to you know how they have these scenes where they cut the player, they bring him yes. into the office and say, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. Some of the most memorable every season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a painful thing for the player to go through, but they do provide some of the best drama in, in the entire series. But I don't think you're going to see that with the Jets. Hmm. They just feel that's kind of an inhumane thing to do. And, and the backstory to that is the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, not many people know this, but... In the first series of Hard Knocks, which was way back in 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens, or maybe 2001, Joe Douglas was the Turk. He was the guy who walked around and tapped the player on the shoulder and said, Coach wants to see you. At the time, he was just a low-level personnel guy just out of college trying to get his foot in the door. And he got the worst job (laughs) on the team. He had to tell the guys that basically, sorry, you know, we're going to crush your dream. You know, you're not going to make this football team. So I know from talking to Joe Douglas over the years, he's never gotten over that. It's always been sort of a scar. And he just has a real sensitivity towards it. So I don't think you're going to see Joe Douglas and Robert Sala cutting players on camera. Now, Rich, I do want to talk contract just for a quick second because Rodgers recently took an unprecedented pay cut, ostensibly to give the team more flexibility to surround him with talent. Can you explain how this pay cut is structured exactly and then what his gesture means for the team in the long term? Essentially, he's giving back $35 million. He was supposed to make about $110 million guaranteed this year and next year, that is now cut down to $75 million, hence the $35 million give back. And this has been in the works for, for weeks, probably months. They had to do something. The way his contract was structured, it was really prohibitive cap-wise. So we all knew that he was going to redo his deal. I don't think any of us imagined that he would take that much of a pay cut. Now, I have asked Rogers point blank, like, 
why'd you take that much? I mean, that might be unprecedented in team sports history, 35 million. And he goes, look, he goes, I've made a lot of money. I'm extremely well-paid. I don't have to get top of the market. So he's making 37 and a half million a year. And for perspective, that is tied for 12th among quarterbacks. Wow. So obviously way below market for him. And I mean, Daniel Jones, for crying out loud, is making more on an <laughs> annual basis than Aaron Rodgers. But he said he wants to give the team cap room and the flexibility to get guys like a Dalvin Cook or even in October when the trading deadline comes up around midseason to have the ability, if a guy is available, an expensive player for the Jets to say, OK, let's go get that guy. So that's what he's saying. And his paychecks will be a little bit smaller, but he said he's OK with that. Is it an indication that he might be in this for the long run for the Jets? Yeah, so that's interesting because every time we talk to him, it seems like his career adds on a year. Here is a guy who went into his darkness retreat in February and said he was 90% retired. Now he comes to the Jets and he's going to play a year. And suddenly he said, no, I'm going to play two years. And then just this week he comes out and says... I'm actually going to play a few more years. You know, this is a few years partnership, he called it. Every time he opens his mouth, his career gets longer and longer. So that might not be a great thing for Zach Wilson, who's waiting in the shadows to get another shot at this, but it'll probably be a really good thing for the Jets. Did you just say that Zach Wilson was waiting in the darkness? That's where he probably belongs after the kind of year he had last year. <laughs> Rich, word is that Dalvin Cook was in the building with the Jets the other day. A quick refresher, uh, the salary cap challenge Vikings released Cook earlier this summer, but with Rodgers now giving the Jets that cap flexibility we talked about, is a player like Cook exactly what he had in mind, and is Dalvin Cook essentially an imminent signing? I wouldn't call it imminent because I think there are other teams really interested. I, I do believe he's very interested in Miami. He's from Miami. Uh, he said that would be like a Cinderella-type story to play there. He has also said publicly that there's a really good chance that he's going to end up with the Jets. So I think he's doing a really good job of posturing, playing yeah. all the angles. He was out at the Jet facility a few days ago on Sunday. The crowd was chanting his name when he walked on the field. Hard Knocks was following him everywhere. I saw that boom mic following Dalvin Cook everywhere on the <laughs> sideline. So it's going to be prominent in the first episode. And so I do think the Jets are still interested. I think there's mutual interest. It comes down to money. There's a little difference in what the Jets are willing to pay and what he's accepting. So this process may take a little longer. Yeah, Dalvin Cook was reportedly tied to the Patriots for a second as well. So it seems at the very least he'll end up in the AFC East. But with or without Dalvin Cook, Rich, what's your thought on how far you think Aaron Rodgers can take this Jets team this season? I have him at about 10 or 11 wins right now. I mean, they won seven last year with a really bad quarterback situation. I think a healthy Rodgers can certainly get them three or four more wins. Now, they do have a brutal schedule. Their first 12 games are, in fact, on paper, the hardest schedule in the league. Open against Buffalo, 
then they play Dallas, they play Philadelphia, they play Kansas City all in the first month, month and a half. It is brutal. So I could see Rodgers and the offense getting off to a little bit of a slow start, some growing pains as they learn this new system. But I think their defense is good enough to keep them in games until the offense gets its legs under it, so to speak. And so that's why I think the Jets are a 10 or 11 win team. I don't know if they'll win the division, but I do think they'll get in the playoffs. And the good thing is for the Jets is the way they're roster is structured, they have about two to three years before they have to start giving out some really big contracts like the Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. Those guys aren't up for another couple of years. So there's that window, this Rodgers window that really coincides with the growing of this roster. And so that's why it's so intriguing. Quite frankly, it's one of the reasons why he picked the Jets because he sees that championship window. Rich Zamini, it's not often that the Jets are one of the more intriguing teams in sports. So enjoy your time and thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thanks. I'm Israel Gutierrez. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.